Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. You're listening to Film School. You go to filmschoolradio.com to find out more about the show. And you'll also want to find out as much as you possibly can about this terrific documentary called The House on Cocoa Road. It is a personal and intimate account uh, of filmmaker uh, Damani Baker's mother, that would be Fanny Houghton, and her role and participation in American history. It is a remarkable story about her and the journey of her family not from Louisiana to Oakland to Grenada and all of these amazing people uh, that that her her and her family have been associated with, great story, great wonderful documentary, and we're lucky to have with us today the director and son of Fanny Houghton. That would be Damani Baker. Damani, welcome to Film School. Mike, thank you so much for having me. So it's a pleasure. Ah, oh, my my pleasure. Um, well, let's talk about it. Let's let's. Uh, at what point did did you think you know I I really want to you know do this with my mom and I want to find out was this a family thing you wanted to explore the the roots of your family or what was it that prompted you to sure. begin this project? The house on well, you know, it really it feels like a film that I started making when I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I lived in Grenada um, during the kind of height of its. Uh, beautiful revolution that was one of the first English-speaking uh, revolutions, um, a country that was uh, made up of a leadership of um, African descent in their 30s. And so my mom, moving my sister and I to join this uh, amazing revolution, leaving Oakland and, and deciding we wanted to live there, <clears throat> was really a turning point for me, even at the age of nine, and kind of recognizing uh, access to health care and education as just priorities, and why wouldn't you have those things? And so this film really, I think, started when I left uh, forcefully, um, by the, evacuated by the U.S. military, and I came home and I think I started to question things around me um, and wondered why uh, this kind of simple notion of a, of a better, more livable world was... Um, felt so out of reach and mm-hmm. felt like um, there were so many kind of uh, p- other powers that didn't want that to happen. And so I came home and, and I, you know, my, my friends were playing with G.I. Joe and Rambo was really popular at the time. And as a kid who had just gone through a military invasion, um, none of that seemed that cool to me. <laughs> and so <laughs> the, the, the real idea of, you know, a nine-year-old kid who comes back to his own country and is trying to process what it means to live free that's when the film started, and I think, you know, um, from that point on, it, it was kind of an immediate uh, political socialization and cultural socialization that was grounded in social change. So I think I'm, I'm half filmmaker and I'm half um, the son of, of Fanny Houghton, who uh, definitely planted the seeds of, of kind of imagining this, this better life for herself, for her family, and kind of that as a thread in our legacy of uh, particularly women in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's really where I started. And I think every year since, um, there's been some piece of Grenada that's, uh, that's been part of my life. So officially at Sarah Lawrence College, where I went to undergrad, that's when I started to write it, a little bit about it. Um, I felt like I had the tools to kind of play with it and with some guidance. 
Um, and then it wasn't until I moved to Los Angeles for graduate school at UCLA Film School, and I really started to put the pieces together and thought, I think this could be a really fascinating project. It will, it will require a lot of me. I think I'll, I'll have to be vulnerable and open to the things I don't know about my mother and Grenada and the Black Panther Party and Angela Davis and a long list of kind of cast that have been in my life um, uh, up to this point. So that's kind of how it started. Yeah. Um, and it's great because I love it. it. It started in school and, and was supported by uh, amazing faculty and advisors, uh, Marina Golskaya, who was at UCLA when I was there, a uh, brilliant filmmaker. So I had this incredible support team, and then it turned into a job, and, and what a lucky job to have. <laughs> well, yeah, and it is, it is, as I said in the introduction, it's a very personal and very intimate account of your family, and in particular your mom. I mean, and I love that you're right. Uh, there's strong women in your family going back to your grandmother, going back to the time in, is it, I have Louisiana, right? That is correct, right? Yeah, that's, that's where Louisiana. You yeah. yeah. And, and all of that, all of the whole, you know, it, it's just a wonderful nurturing environment, uh, despite a lot of this sort of institutional racism and all the things that your family has been through, uh, to see the, the strength of these women, in particular your mom. Did did you always, or how how's, at what point in your life did you realize uh, you, you know, did you understand what your mom had been doing with her life and continues to do to this day? Sure. Uh, well, sure. At what point did that sort of dawn on you that she's who she is and what she's about? Sure. I mean, that's a great question. So much of the film was about figuring that out. Um, there's, a, there's a great line uh, that she, she has in the film where she's talking about her own parents and what they protected her from as a child. And we're talking about, you know, Jim Crow South, uh, they were, when they, my grandparents migrated west and started a family in Los Angeles, they were the first black family on the block. Um, and so the, there was these efforts to protect, you know, their children, our children, from the things that are painful around us um, that we, at certain points, couldn't control. So I recognize, I think, with my mother, there was points where uh, she definitely has raised me, not not... Uh, to, to kind of be delusional about the truth, but why would she want to kind of make some of the more obvious um, uh, kind of flaws uh, uh, part of my everyday? So she definitely did things that were just, you know, putting us, my sister and I, into good schools when she could, um, you know, tutors, being part of community programs um, outside of our, our everyday. Uh, I had an internship at the Bay Area Black United Fund when I was 13 years old. So there's like things that um, you know, she was just kind of socializing me and, and planting these seeds that, that were about moving not just an agenda of, of, um, of her political beliefs, but just kind of nurturing her family and making sure we had the tools to step out into the, to the world and, and face some of these institutional racism and um, uh, just other oppressive uh, things that keep people in the margin. So, you know, I, I, I think now in making this film, now 15 years of, of kind of collecting her stories, um, I think it just kind of all clicked in the past two years, honestly. Yeah. Mike, it's so funny, because you make a film, and when it's about your family, you're evolving with it. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think asking my mother hard questions um, about things that she didn't want to share. Yeah. Um, you know, and some of it was just protecting us, and some of it she's probably processing herself. Mm. I made the, the mistake of 
uh, taking my mother back to Grenada for our big, big production. I'd raised all this money um, with the support of Sundance and the Soros um, Institute. So we get to Grenada for this three-week shoot, and I'm, I'm wearing my filmmaker hat, and I had completely forgotten that this was our first trip back um, as a family since being airlifted out by the U.S. military. Now, wow. of course, I had a production schedule. I had these, this list of interviews I wanted to do, but I hadn't taken into account the, the just the trauma yeah. of what my mom had gone through and what Grenada represented for her and why we were there in the first place. Um, and so she didn't want to volunteer a lot of that because she was going through her own processing. Um, so really, I think we both together as a family um, have been kind of working through what Grenada meant, and uh, and I've been discovering more and more about her, even just in doing this project, because it's not just Grenada. Like, it's, like you said, it's my great-grandmother in rural Louisiana. It's my my grandmother migrating west with my grandfather. It's the first black family on the block. It's Angela Davis um, and my mother being her teaching assistant at UCLA. And so to understand how we ended up in Grenada, I did have to kind of figure out who my mother is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. No, it's it. Um, we're speaking with Damani Baker, and he's the director of this film um, that is premiering at the LA Film Festival. It premiered actually last night. Uh, I off air, I alluded to. I I'm sure it went well. It, I'm just curious now that you're on the air. Yeah. Well, how did it go? Oh, it was it was phenomenal. It really was. This last night, one actor to say that Los Angeles Film Festival is uh, just an incredible um, venue to not only just screen this work, but the, the other filmmakers yeah. I've met here and the incredible effort they've made to create a, a brilliantly curated, diverse group of voices that I've, I've seen um, over the past few days um, and meeting some of the other directors. I'm, I'm so honored to, to be a part of it. And so um, that said, we... we the lights go down, and it's the first time more than five people has ever seen this film. And it is—it's a rush. It's emotional. You—you you feel like you're probably in one of your most vulnerable states because it's not just a, a film about a Grenada and revolution and and women. It's—it's um, it's my family, and I'm looking at you know Super Eight film that's been that has been in a basement for. 30 years. Um, I'm looking at uh, images of my father. I'm looking at my sister and my mother. And, you know, I, I felt like I opened my, my journal up to a room full of strangers, and it, it couldn't have gone better. I, I had an incredible time. Michelle Indigocello, who yes. is the film's composer, um, did a brilliant, brilliant score, and she joined us last night. My editor, John Fine, um, yeah. on the project. He, he was here, and it, it just it was an amazing night. I was just trying to keep it all together. Yeah. I had to play cool and and uh, well, well, who that <laughs> was composed, but I really just wanted to fall apart. Now, who was there? Had Angela Davis? Had had your mom? Who hadn't seen the film before last night? Um, uh, my mom had only seen it once. Okay. Um, and she saw it in Brooklyn, where I live, okay. about uh, three weeks ago, okay. the first time. <laughs> okay. Um, and there. There were some friends from Sundance that supported the project. They hadn't seen it. Um, most of the cast had seen it. Uh, my grandmother hadn't seen it, which was amazing to have her there oh. as well last night. My sister hadn't seen it. Um, it was really, it was kind of an incredible 
moment. It was one. It was it was it was an offering. I think to my family. I feel like I made this film for them. Yeah. Um, but it was also this invitation. I think to strangers that I think everyone can relate to a mother who uh, just wants to make a better world for her children. Um, and I hope people connected to that. And it feels like it. It went well, and and they did. Yeah, it, it's a it's a very I said intimate account earlier personal. It's a warm film. It's a warm, especially. I mean, you don't shy away from what we were talking about earlier, the institutional racism coming from Louisiana to California, having to go through all these machinations to avoid being, you know, under attack or whatever could have been your your, uh, humility, humiliation, all the rest of it that could have occurred in that journey, being in California, being in Oakland, being around Black Panthers. There are some thorny issues that that are that were part of your life and your mom's life and the people that they're in the film. Uh, and in Grenada, and I want to get to Grenada because I think that it's a part of American history that we've either buried or people don't have any idea about. So I want to get to that in a minute. And, but it, it's such a warm film, and it's such a reflect. It feels like your mom. I mean, I don't know your obviously. I've never met your mom. <laughs> but the film radiates with this kind of uh, warmth and, and her intelligence and the work that she's done and all of the things that, that your your family's been a part of to promote a better world, a better life, a more livable life, a more humane life for everyone is it it comes across very very well in this film. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. You're well, it's funny those 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 things. A little, uh, you know, I growing up listening to you kind of, uh, you know, share a list of these moments in my life. Like to your earlier question, you know, I, I probably took a lot of those things for granted growing up. I, I didn't necessarily know some parts of it they weren't sharing, but I didn't recognize the intensity of these very simple choices they were making. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a scene in the film where my mother talks about um, being involved with the Black Panther Party, and it wasn't because she was on the forefront and, uh, you know, the kind of cliche or, or the images we're most familiar with with them that are yeah. militant with the beret and carrying a gun. She's, that wasn't the role she was interested in. She's a teacher. Right, um, right. But when the headquarters were uh, raided by the the feds, uh, she stepped in to see children because yeah. she said, "There's a there's a there's a there's a, a hole that needs to be filled in the black community, and we have the tools and resources to do it. And why not mobilize some students to go and make sure that doesn't fall apart?" Because one of their brilliant programs was the free breakfast program, which was later adopted by schools across this country. Um, And so that, those simple actions, that's what I think um, I didn't recognize uh, the value and how how important all of those little lessons have been, where you see a need and you step in and you do it, and it's not because you need to wear a hat that says activist or socialist or revolutionary. It's it's literally you see the need and you step in to, to play a part. And that philosophy, I think, is also part of kind of coming to terms with who she is and understanding my mom and, and the small things that she's done along the way. Well, give her a hug for me because I'd love to meet her someday. And if I don't, I, w- I would love to convey to her what a, what a remarkable life she has chosen to lead. And, and obviously, I mean, her, the byproduct of that life is yourself and your family. And it's just terrific. Well, I want to, yeah, we'd be, um, <clears throat> how can people, I know it's going to be screening again, pardon me. It's going to be screening again at the L.A. Film Festival this coming Wednesday yeah. at 345. Uh, and you can go to the 
Film Independent, I believe that's how you'd find it, LAFilmFestival.com, or Film Independent is the sponsoring organization, to find out more. But if, one, if people want to go online to find out more about uh, The House on Cocoa Road, you, you have a Facebook page. How else can people find out about your film? We are building right now an, a great interactive uh, website that will go live this weekend. Okay, okay. And uh, it, it will be the thehouseonkokoro.com. Okay. And we are playing with this idea of revolution, just because I think rebranding revolution is, is of particular interest to me. I think when we talk about revolution, we only associate it with these kind of negative moments in history, and they've only become negative because we, we've branded them that way, like the Cuban Revolution or uh, the Haitian Revolution. These are the things we don't learn very much about, but we understand the 4th of July as this kind of celebration of freedom. But in other parts of the world, we, we don't seem to apply the same uh, 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 appreciation. Right. So uh, we're, we're playing with this idea of my revolution and what that looks like for the everyday person and just kind of those simple actions. And so uh, there will be shareable links and shareable files and GIFs that uh, allow the user to tag what revolution is for them. Um, like for me, it could be uh, my mom and dad working overtime and two jobs to pay my sister's uh, and I college and um, uh, tuition, for example. Uh, so my revolution can be in education. Right. So I think it would be a fun uh, way to kind of hear how people um, can can appreciate change within their own walls and within their own neighborhood and community and block. Wonderful. Well, I would, I, you know, I just run out of time. I'd love to get into Grenada because, I, again, I think it's just this sort of black hole of uh, of misunderstanding or no knowledge of, at all about what happened and Ronald Reagan and how he inter- interact or how he impacted the life of your family um, in so many different ways and so many negative ways. He's, in my opinion, the worst president of the 20th century. Uh, but yeah. get moving, uh, we, we just don't have enough time to get into See this sure. film, The House on Cocoa Road. You can see it again on Wednesday at 345 at the L.A. Film Festival screening there, as well as it sounds like it will be, I'm sure, getting some kind of a distribution uh, beyond that, um, I don't know if you can talk about those particular plans or not. We certainly hope so. <laughs> we certainly hope so. Well, I have no idea why it would not. I mean, that's seriously. Well, well, thank you. Yeah, no, it's. And it's I just want to. I have okay. to say, Mike, it, yeah. it really. I, I have to I just really appreciate independent media makers and people like yourself who are making space for the not obvious stories, the stories that are often um, the ones you have to do a little digging for. So I, I am so grateful for the work that you do and uh, and giving people like me and this story and this family um, uh, a canvas to paint on. So this is this is really great. I, I'm really grateful. Thank You're you. very welcome. Uh, congratulations on uh, the house on Cocoa Road. Uh, you also have a website yourself. I don't know if I should promote this. It's uh, DamaniBaker.com. And I don't know if it's slash we this particular slash Grenada. Uh, uh, well, let's just go to DamaniBaker.com and they can go from there. Yeah. Oh, it's too long. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you, thank you so much for being here. Uh, all the best on the next screening. Are you there for a Q and A? By the way, on Wednesday, or will you be at that? Yeah, screening? both my mother and I will be at Wednesday screening oh. at the uh, Arc in Culver City. Fantastic. All right. Well, um, continue success. Continue filmmaking, uh, and we'll thank see you soon. Thank you, Devon. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you.
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.